Welcome to Daily Politics, a political broadcast on the ins and outs of politics. I'm your host, Rosalina Bala, political editor at NTV, and I'm joined with my colleagues, Gushundongo, Saturday Nation editor. Uh, they call me Oliver Madenge, and I am the multimedia editor at NTV. Today we want to dissect the issues of coalition. Uh, you remember yesterday we saw uh, the party leader of Mandeleo Chap Chap coming out to say that he has actually decamped from the Azimio la Umoja uh, boats and decided to join the deputies Kenya Kwanza. At the same time today also we have seen uh, the leader of PA uh, from the coast governor Amazon Kingi also coming out to join the Kenya Kwanza. Maybe gentlemen let us dissect what does this mean to the coalitions? Uh, I think one of the things that we've seen and uh, you know politics as we say is about interests. Uh, and I think what we've seen with Motua and uh, Kingi is that they are not their 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 interests are not being catered for in Azimio. As you have seen, all of them are, are complaining about certain issues about Azimio, whether it's the not seeing the coalition agreement, whether it's uh, the zoning that we that they have talked about. So what we are seeing is just people securing their own interests. Can we say that these are tumbocrat politics? Because we've had the Azimio people talking about some money that uh, they were not able to facilitate. Is it that is where we are? Or actually these people, it's about their political survival. Remember, they are serving their second term. I, I don't think uh, personally I can go to that issue of uh, money exchanging hands because I wasn't there. Mm. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, what we know at the end of the day is that uh, people are listening to what voters are saying. That's yes. one. Yes. Uh, people are looking at where can are my people headed to, and we've seen that in even a lot in Mount Kenya, where even aspirants now who are in Azimio mm-hmm. are not putting up uh, what uh, uh, Raila Odinga's poster mm-hmm. in uh, or rather photo in, on their posters because the ground is hostile, and so some of there are so many things that are moving in terms of how the political the political whiz are moving mm-hmm. and so you have to look at it in a way that how are my interests and the interest of the people i represent catered for in this particular coalition and mm. and uh i know for a fact that uh, even though the deadline is passed yes. you are going to see other people mm-hmm. joining coalitions because even right now for azimio for kingi and uh, mutua they are not out of coali- the the coalition party uh, of uh, Azimio because yes they can say that we are signing this with mm-hmm. uh, Kenya Kwanza but at the end of the day m- most likely and this is what I think their coalition agreement is about other than working together in terms of a co- cooperation for the election mm-hmm. it's about the post election uh, period where they will now formally be part of Kenya Kwanza. Uh, I think if you look at uh, what we are, is unfolding the scenario, we are seeing that first of all we had briefcase and regional parties and uh, if you look at the people, uh, the leaders that are stirring these political parties, there are people who are insisting that they must be on the table because the bone of contention is they have been ignored. Do you think they actually have a genuine uh, reason to ditch Azimio to join Kenya Kwanza? I think politics is about interest, Rosaline, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't vote uh, Kingi and Mutua because mm-hmm. I think they are acting 
uh, in their own interest and the bs they are purported supporters no there is no interest of their of their purported supporters because i don't think they have yeah. even consulted their purported so called purported supporters yes. i think the major issue there is zoning yes because everybody is looking at as oliver has alluded to at a post election uh, mm-hmm. a post election coalition post election post election government eh? yes. so they want they want uh to have as many mps as many mcas as many governors as possible mm. and it looks like azimio was not going to be friendly to mutua mm. or king when it comes to zoning because mm. if you are in azimio if you are allowedinga today yes. and you are to do a deal about zoning mm. you will not give ukambani to mm. mutua yes you will give ukambani to kalonzo mm. so uh for mutua i think it was a very strategic sorry a very strategic decision because he can't have any say on zoning in Azimio as long as Kalonzo is there yes. and if you are Raila and mm. you are given a choice between Kalonzo and Mutua, and Mutua. you would actually go for Kalonzo so Mutua had had really uh, not much of a choice there even uh, Kibwana you can hear Kibwana is also grumbling mm. over the same 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 issue but you can also look at it in terms of this is a two side of the coin mm. because we have these leaders who are under Azimio which is actually a coalition party mm. and now they've ditched a coalition party to join a coalition where now actually that is where even the zoning is more important as opposed to this one because even if they were to go after the election it is a political party so they are actually within the party but if they go to Kenya Kwanza they can actually sign post election agreements true 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 but you know now they, they are, these guys are doing they're even looking at the law nikizungumingi <laughs> this they treat and, the law and, as uh, and, 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 and the other the other thing i think these are governors who have served two terms yes it's only about their own interests they are looking power at, is sweet. yes they are only looking at how are they going to survive after mm-hmm. the election mm-hmm. and can they fit in uh, the Kenya Kwanza government mm-hmm. because they are they are strategically putting themselves in a way that if uh, 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 William Ruto becomes president and he needs a cabinet secretary from Ukambani yes Mutua would say i brought you these people I brought mm. you these votes. I brought mm. you this party. Yes. The same thing with the other coast because uh, if you look at the coast, the Kingi is one of the high-profile politicians on the coast. Yes. yes. And so William Ruto would definitely have space for him in his government. So it's all about interest and looking at because you see like for instance for Kingi, mm-hmm. if he sticks in Azimio and Azimio wins and Raila is choosing people from uh, coast. the coast, mm-hmm. most likely Baba will go for Joho. Joho. Yes. And not not <laughs> can can we put all this uh, confusion in one thing called the political party's law because i think where we are all of us are confused by this law because all these maneuvers all these confusions court battles um, movements up and down people meeting at night striking deals during the day is it all because we, they passed a law that they are not able to understand what they really passed in parliament Rosalind, i'm agree? not a lawyer but uh, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer but I know the law is very clear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a lawyer but I know the law is very clear. Yes. Uh, we had a situation where you even the register of political parties issued the dates that were supposed to be met. Yes. So this issue of people not understanding the law. Yes. Uh, I think it's neither here nor there. This. I think I also agree with Oliver. I mm. think this is not about the law. It's what people talk about. Uh, it's about as he's alluded or, to. Or we can say the nights of long nights. Yeah, it's yes. just selfish interest. <laughs> But then I think today, I think something to watch today, uh, Rosalie, is that 
the tribunal mm-hmm. the political parties tribunal has actually ruled that yes. uh, it's too early mm-hmm. for Mutua to start uh, looking for orders to exit yes. that it should first of all exhaust the internal azimio resolution mechanism, mechanism yes and uh, by the time he is able to quote unquote exhaust mm-hmm. the azimio internal resolution mechanism i think he might be too late mm-hmm. so the movement by the two governors yes may have uh, may be actually pointless in law mm-hmm. but uh, they have made a very big point politically but M- if things remain they are they are it may be pointless in law maybe as we depart from this uh, topic the question is does the coalition have a dispute uh, resolution committee they had uh, i think they i saw is it almost five of their organs eh? Yeah. Was, it is structured <laughs> but do we, has it been constituted no that is a bigger question now yes. it is provided for we, we, it is considered maybe we, we must we must, we must uh, always remember that political parties and po- coalitions are owned by individuals yes uh, this political particular azimio coalition is uru kenyatta and raila odinga's Dinka. coalition yes. yes and so those are the last decision makers and you see this is the same thing even if look at the running mate issue uh, and look at how Uh, it's been handled it's been handled by a panel that was constituted when uhuru went for a meeting with yeah. this these other guys could not agree yeah. and yes. that's that's when they formed it and you see uh, i think this issue of uh, the running meet for mm. instance uh, mm. which i think is a, no, a topic that we actually need to tackle now yeah. is is just uh, a addressing of sorts uh, they already know who the running meet is it's cosmetic it's very cosmetic in yes. nature and Oliver who's running it the problem is that I, i don't i don't belong to azimio or any other political movement so i, I, would, i would not know but i am sure they have they have they have they only don't want to admit it to to the public as uh, the, the other side has admitted you remember when mutua was moving yesterday he said that uh, he would be moving to Kenya Kwanza and seeking the DP position but today he's gone back and said ah, actually, actually this place it's a done deal and so I can't I can't uh, push. I can't I can't I can't push for this but there's something interesting that we have to look at when it's coming to running mates and uh, Ngushu I know you you coming from uh, the same region <laughs> as I come from uh, <laughs> everyone is looking at Mount Kenya as a possible Uh, origin of mm. any running mate from Azimio yeah. is that a viable option for any of the candidates i think for ruto uh, and for both candidates let me just uh, uh, just circle back for both candidates one is watching the other mm. um, i'm betting if raila odinga picks a non mount kenya running mate yes there's a high chance that right uh, that uh, if raila odinga for instance picks kalonzo there's a very high chance ruto will pick somebody like mudavadi mm-hmm. because if Uh, Raila goes to the ballot with a non Kenya mount uh, non mount Kenya running mate and uh, and uh, Ruto goes to the ballot with a non Kenya non mount Kenya running mate Ruto will beat Raila mm. in mount Kenya yeah. mm. so if Raila uh, chooses a running mate from mountain Ruto will have no option but, but to choose a running mate from Ruto but i don't know how much that can flip the mountain for Raila because uh, the only person who seems to have been able to uh, who could have who looks like i don't know whether he looks like or he can be able to do so mm-hmm. flip the mountain at least a bit of it is only uhuru kenyatta mm-hmm. even if railoudinga points mother uh, peter kenneth the rest it may assuage a few mm-hmm. but the mountain seems to be 
gravitating towards the root of more or less mm. so uh, you know when you say that i actually agree with your point <laughs> is it assumption <laughs> or you have a scientific yeah. poll i mean all that. polls all, all polls all polls, all polls. polls. Yeah. but, uh, but ruto is a man to beat in mountain mm. but but the same polls are showing that he's beatable or at least the, the support can be dented so uh, let's uh, rosalind this is something i've been thinking about and i agree with ngushu what ngushu is saying that these candidates will either choose out or inside yes if making mount kenya a battleground mm-hmm. uh, is it who who does it benefit does it benefit azimio or kenya kwanza uh, the truth is from what ngushu has said is that this is a swing votes Uh, remember since independence this is the first time that um, the mountain region has become a battleground for all the presidential contenders yes they also have those who have declared interest to run for the presidency mm-hmm. but the big chunk and the load of the two horse race actually does not originate from the mountain so everybody looking at it and if you remember when you were having the second enhanced voter registration that is in february the leaders from mount kenya said we have solid 8 million over 8 million votes. So if you look at it and the the requirement by the constitution that you have to have the 50 plus 1%, then all of them will actually just want to to harvest even a quarter of that vote from the mountain. The fact is we might not get a voting block that we have seen with the previous uh, presidential contenders because there were strong candidates from the central we might have voter apathy we might have both the candidates getting maybe 10 20 and a maximum maybe of 40% but it will not be 90% and all these candidates are looking at that because they are able to rally their backyard if you go to Raila Raila is able to rally Nyanza region uh, parts of western region the coast and even eastern Uh, the same way with William Ruto the voting basket of Rift Valley is locked and he can actually say I will start with this so he, as as an as, as a starter he already has that voting basket so for Mount Kenya just like the other places is now the pockets of what they can so, but so picking I, a candidate like uh, let's say in Mount Kenya East will actually rally again Mount Kenya to come out in large numbers because this is a region that has always felt they are put second as to the larger Mount Kenya. So uh, in, in other words what I hear all of us saying is that uh, you can't trust Mount Kenya vote. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot you cannot <laughs> bank on it 100% yeah, to win the presidency because because yes. I actually I actually agree with your analysis because you see if even for me mm. I'm looking at a situation where if Raila picks Mother Karua for instance yes and leaves Kalonzo out that creates another battleground yes yes in Ukambani in Ukambani yes if Ruto chooses someone from central because or Mount Kenya because Raila has chosen from Mount Kenya yes. that also makes western a battleground yes so we'll have we'll have uh, they are going for one vote block yes and the other two vote blocks are the ones that will now will swing there the election but uh, but i wouldn't say uh, western kenya will be indeed a battleground so much because we've seen the subsequent elections uh, depending on whoever raila picks as his running mate he has always been able to navigate the western vote uh, ruto at some point had already penetrated the bungoma side but again now i think it's also still a battleground for all this uh, presidential hopeful so i think for me i will shift my campaign to the coast and also pitch tent in Okambani. Okay, so so what about the women? Uh, do we should we get a woman candidate as running mate now? 
Interesting, interesting headache of uh, the running mate, which now brings us to another headache of two thirds. <laughs> 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 the law and our constitution talks about uh, uh, we should not have more than two thirds of one gender uh, in in management, politics, and everything. Yes, but the political parties can't seem to marshal uh, two thirds of, of of their candidates to be women. Uh, or, or two thirds of our candidates to be not one gender, yes. which means mostly, basically, they have gotten more, way more men um, than men. I think I hold, uh, and I don't know whether you agree with me, Rosalind, since yeah. you are the woman in the panel. <laughs> I hold that the two thirds rule in elected seats is unworkable uh, because you can't force uh, electorates or you can't force voters to elect women, and also you can't force women to go out there and vie for seats. So if they are not putting themselves out there. Who's to blame? And then second, if the voters don't vote for women, how yeah. do you? How do we do that to that? How do we make to that workable? You know, there are two questions here. One is that do we have a legal framework to ensure that we have the two thirds of either gender um, in in uh, elective positions? The uh, the answer is no. How then do we make it to ensure that political parties comply? For me, from where I sit, maybe if I was to give a, a theory or a secret to political parties, a party like ODM is strong in Nyanza region. But that does not block ODM from fielding candidates in Rift Valley. That is the UDA background. It doesn't block them from fielding candidates in Ukambani. So it just boils down to how does uh, how do political parties plan themselves? They can decide and say, okay, fine, in our strongholds, let us allow the electorate to decide. Where we are not strong, can we give priorities to women so that we have more women? They will achieve the two-thirds. But that would be Ukora, uh, <laughs> because they will be feeding women there, not so that they can win, but just to comply for... The law know. says they should be in the list. The law does not say, now go again and force the electorate to do what? To, to elect what, these what, women. Yeah, what, what, yes. if, what if the women are not interested? You see, that's another thing that you have to, to put in. Actually, Women have always happened. said they are not given an opportunity. I've never seen any woman say, I am not interested. Give them an opportunity and see what they'll do. But how come they didn't apply to be to be candidates of uh, various political parties for, for the various seats? Okay, I, that's I'm, why we are here I'm, I'm not holding are. brief for any politics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding brief for any political party, but I can comfortably talk about the women because we've had these sessions as journalists, we've covered where women cry foul and say the environment, there is never a, 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 an equal playing ground for women. And some of the women, it's that hostility that actually makes them hold back to contest uh, in these positions. And that's why I was saying, if political parties can give them that opportunity to contest, to go out there and sell themselves, then it is up to the electorate for us to say that, yes, all these political parties complied, but 
wanawake na wa Kenya decided we don't need these women we need more men mm-hmm. so now we we will have tried something yes there is no legal framework but at least the political parties will have done something uh, Rosalind and, uh, and Oliver let me ask you guys what can political parties really do if people are not applying if women are not applying for those things you, you see you you can't force people to apply first yes. and foremost yes. you can't force force it to be you see like this panel is constitutional because we, <laughs> we yeah we, i totally agree so I we can, can see probably we should register nfm today as i'm a, the one supplying uh, <laughs> but but i i think this issue of two thirds i think one of the things that uh, for instance a lot of people talked about about the constitution when uh, in 2010 when the debate for the new constitution was happening yes. was that we had a very activist constitution yes uh there are things that you cannot really you have you know even when you're creating laws you need to look at the culture of a the society the realities of implementation yes because we are in a very patriarch, uh, patriarchic patriarchal society where women have been shown that they this is not their roles mm. and so and what we should have done is that we have we should have given ourselves a progressive movement mm-hmm. to that to that gender yes. we have only done it for two for 10 years yes. if it was been progressive for the first time uh, in 2013 we didn't have a woman governor yes yes 2017 we had five mm-hmm. you see so that makes it progressive so it means that this thing can happen progressive but, yes but we are we are so much in a hurry to also legislate uh, culture and legislate ideals that, that but but Oliver somebody will say that if you go to the county assemblies we are actually complying with the two thirds of either gender where if you look at in this current uh, dispensation where we had elections in 2017 we have over 800 women who are nominated to bridge that gap of the 1450 elective seats but the question now bounces back to the national assembly and the senate can we actually achieve this because actually i think the senate has done it because once the the people have been elected the 47 uh, senators, senators yeah. we always have a nomination for 20 slots mm. where 16 are actually reserved for women and then you also have the youth and person with the disability so only two go for the youth and person with disability who are male in the national assembly we have 12 slots for nomination which is zebra again with this how many uh, single constituencies did we raise we raised over 20 for women how many elective for women uh, representative we had 47 now if the two thirds uh, one third of either gender was to be applied in this current uh, national assembly we were going to nominate 84 women Yeah, Where are we going to take and, all and, the and, seats and, and I think that's I think that's a problem we are trying to address in terms of legislation. You see uh, the issue of uh, nominated M- MCAs mm. is part of the constitution. Yes. It's well legislated in the constitution mm. and said that this must happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that now we have uh, too many MCAs in terms of a bloated MCA uh, uh, leadership yes. where a lot of them do not even represent anyone. Yes. yes. They, they are just nominated there i don't think that we should be in a situation where we are nominating people just for the sake of complying compliance the constitution says it <laughs> we have to <laughs> we have to comply with the law or or if we know it we cannot implement it then let us vote for it so that we can scrap it off but the question for me is this we have affirmative action seat 
for women. Why don't we say once you've been elected a woman representative in the subsequent election, you must go for a single constituency or another elective position so that you also empower another woman to go. We have women going for the third term so as women representative. The women representative should not be a re-electable seat. Yes. 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 Exactly. It's an affirmative action okay. seat. As we wind up, guys, <laughs> uh, the deadline by IBC for parties to change the list to comply the two thirds is a Thursday. Uh, last day May 12 actually at 5 p.m. Yeah. just to put the time and make it very specific yeah. so uh finally what do you think they will do will they com- will they be able to comply what I, I, magic will they put I, I don't I don't think most of them will comply and I think what we'll have a situation is uh, we'll have a situation of people going to court to get a stay mm. because I think that's that's the most logical thing to do because already we've seen ANC, for instance, issued a notice and asked people to apply and encouraged women to apply. Uh, but at the same time, they have not gotten enough nomination uh, applications from the women. Mm-hmm. So is it also a situation where we are seeing women shine away from this and we are trying to force them into it? So those are some of the questions that we must. And I think the courts probably may answer as better than we can do it in this panel. Okay. Uh, Rosalind, for me, I think it is late into the day because this issue of um, uh, gender is not something that has cropped up now. The court pronounced itself on it. No political party, no MP went to appeal in the court of appeal. And now when it's dawning on them that they have to implement it, they are rushing around to see how to do it. We have already done the nominations. The time has lapsed. So how will they implement it? Unless they now deny other people the nominations to ensure that they have the women to meet the two-thirds. Wow. And on that two-thirds uh, note, that's the end of the Daily politics? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from this thank constitutional you. panel. <laughs> uh, uh, it is, it is. And you need to thank me for supplying gender today. 